0: Praise God, everybody. Come on, praise God, everybody. Good morning to everybody. We greet you today in the grace, peace, joy, and love of God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Love to the family. Thank oh, that didn't sound like much love, y'all. Come on, let's try that again. Love to the family. Thank God for his love that we can share with one another. Come on, if you know God's been good to you and you're not ashamed to say so. Let's make a joyful noise to the Lord on today. Certainly grateful and thankful to the Lord for God allowing our moments to roll on just a little while longer. And we are thankful for another expression of grace and mercy and love on our behalf. Uh, we already heard about the Jordan family and we certainly want to keep uh, Brother Ron Jordan in our prayers and his children um, as sister Jordan went home to be with the Lord and we want to continue to lift them that God's strength will lead them and guide them and cover them. Uh, All of us who have been through similar situations of having lost loved ones uh, understand the trial that it is we grieve and we mourn but not like those who don't have hope. Amen and so we certainly want to cover him in believing prayer had a chance this past week to go see sister Sheila Centino so let me give a shout out to sister Centino let me thank God for sister Sentino. yeah let's thank God for her um, I'm trying to remember all of the ministries she was active in um, I know she was in the uh, senior adult ministry the Sam ministry I know she was part of I believe the Christian workers and also the prayer ministry uh sister Centino is in a facility now being taken care of by her daughter Mickey and uh she gave me a call to let me know that uh, sister Centino has been struggling with some dementia but she remembers her church and remembers her pastor and asked about me and so I wanted to get out and see her so my wife and I got a chance to go visit with her and uh take a picture I didn't get the picture to them in time but we took a picture with her and she uh looks uh, amazing and so we thank and praise God for her rooted and grounded makes some noise where my rooted and grounded people man I hope and pray that you are still praying about those that you are going to invite in your group I'm I'm praying and adding and asking and I hope you're getting ready for your life group coming up in the fall as we launch are rooted and grounded worldwide and so for those of you who may be watching on the digital platform who want to be part of a discipleship group where you can be transparent, where you can be vulnerable, where you can encourage one another and pray for one another and put your faith into action now some of you may be saying well I don't live in Houston how can I do it? Listen you can do it anywhere in the world because we have groups that are meeting exclusively online and we're going to encourage you to share and to serve where you are. We've had uh, I think seven states represented so far for our life groups. We've got a young lady um, Kyrie uh, Simpson who is going to be baptized today gave her life to the Lord committed her life to the Lord online in Florida and that's where she lives And was so inspired by her rooted and grounded experience online that she made a decision she's going to take vacation and come to Houston for vacation and get baptized while she was here and so she's going to get baptized at the 10 o'clock service so we're excited about that now remember I gave you a list you're putting together a list of people right we started off with who Friends, I asked you to put a list together of friends. And then we started talking last week about relatives, relatives who are some folk. And remember, they don't have to be in Houston to be in your life group. They can be anywhere in the world. Whenever time you set, they can adjust accordingly. Here's the next group I want you to think about. I want you to think about associates, associates. Now, when we say associates, what are we referring to? These are people that you see and you associate with. You may not uh, talk to them intimately. You're not related to them, but these are people that you may see uh, two or three times a week. It may be the barista at the coffee shop where you get your coffee. It may be the drive through attendant. You see the drive through attendant. Uh, it may be somebody you see in the supermarket and you see him and you speak to him and you wave to him. Those are people that we would consider associates Think about those associates that the Lord will put on your heart and put on your mind to invite to be part of your rooted and grounded group in the fall. (laughs) Last but not least, this afternoon at 3 p.m., this afternoon at 3 p.m., we are going to celebrate the close of our 150th year anniversary, our sesquicentennial, and we have... I think arguably, I don't even think it's an argument, one of the top 10 gospel choirs of all time with us on this afternoon at 3 p.m. The Thompson Community community Singers, a.k.a. the Tommies uh, reunion choir, they are going to be with us on this afternoon. I think that's probably why we're a little light this morning. Amen. Some folk decided they're going to sleep in, huh? Is that what they did? But we're looking forward to having a great, great time in the Lord this afternoon. We're going to celebrate um, our uh, anniversary, and we're going to celebrate those people who helped to bring that to pass. Um, It's not every day that you have a 150th birthday celebration. Amen. And we're looking forward to God blessing us. Yeah, give the Lord a hand of praise for that. We're looking forward to God blessing us in a special way. Let me also close by thanking everyone who participated in our VBS. Man, we had a tremendous group. It looked like we had about 50 adults in our adult class. I got a chance to go by and check on the youth. It looked like we had 50 to 75 youth uh, come through during the week. And then we had a bunch of children come through. And their parents, the gospel was shared, good seed was planted, planted seed was watered. We had three of our uh, young children give their life to the Lord, make a commitment. So they're going into baptism class now with their adult parents. And we had a great gospel presentation to the parents as well. So we're looking forward to God continuing to do what he has been doing, what only he can do. Let's go to God and pray and ask God's blessings on our time today. Father, we thank you and we bless you for your word. We pray now that everything that we do and everything that we say that it will be pleasing in your sight that it will bring glory and honor to you. May your word edify your people. Challenge us and help us. To be more than just hearers of your word. Help us to be doers as well. It's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Have you ever talked to someone or maybe known someone who knows everything? Like I don't care what subject it is. I don't care what you're talking about. Their response is, I know. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know that. Yeah, I know that. They can ask you a question maybe they're going through a situation or circumstance you're trying to give them advice and their response oh yeah i know yeah i know that now for me my thought is then why do you have the problem you have if you know why are you asking for help if you already know why aren't you doing better since you already know kind of like the fella when I first came to the church, he told me, Can't nobody tell me nothing about a woman, Rev. I know everything about a woman. And I'm thinking to myself, Now Solomon had 700 wives and 300 concubines, and he didn't know everything about a woman. How do you know? He said, Oh, I've been married five times, Rev. I've been married five times. Can't nobody tell me nothing about a woman. And I said to him, Obviously, nobody has ever told you anything about a woman. Or taught you anything about a woman because <laughs> if you've been married five times and there's something wrong with five women you are the common denominator here's what I've learned while you may run into somebody who will tell you I know I know many times in life we are like that with God God will challenge us with his word God will give us instructions And our response, even if it's not verbalized, our response by our actions, our response is, I know. And here's what we have done. We have confused knowing with doing. I've had people walk out of services convicted, great word, preacher preached man the Holy Spirit moved and they said oh my God pastor what a word what a word and then they walked out and did exactly the opposite of what the sermon said did nothing to change their life or their living why because they confused conviction with a change in conduct the truth of the matter is God wants more from us than just knowing the truth. God wants you and God wants me to live the truth. Today I want to preach part two of our message entitled, How to Survive Trying Times. How to Survive Trying Times. And my brothers and my sisters, we have to recognize that if we are going to survive trying times, today I need you to leave understanding that you must both know the word of God and you must obey the word of God. Now on last week we started with part one of this message and I shared with you last week that this is one of three times in the scriptures That the devil is recorded to have spoken. Uh, First time was in the Garden of Eden when he took the form of the serpent and spoke to Eve through the serpent. The second time was when he responded to God when he showed up with the uh, sons of God and God bragged about his servant, Job. And the third time is in our text today. The devil shows up to tempt Jesus in the wilderness. Uh, the first time he challenges Eve and challenges Adam to question their place with God, their sinless communion and fellowship with God, their home in the Garden of Eden. The second time he challenges God to give him permission to see if he can shift or change the person of Job he says to God God he only worship you he only honors you because you have put a hedge of protection around him let me have my way and i'll make him curse you because he wanted to challenge the person of Job but in this text he doesn't challenge the place or the person he challenges Jesus around his divine purpose. He knows that God came in the form of his son Jesus to fulfill a specific purpose. And the devil was to tempt Jesus to get him off key, to get him offline in regards to him fulfilling The purpose that God has for his life. My brothers and sisters always remember every time the devil comes to tempt you. He wants to either get you out of place, get you out of your person or get you out of your purpose. Every temptation is designed to get you out of your place, get you out of your person, your character or get you out of your purpose or all three. Last week, we started by sharing with you two things. Number one, we said you need to realize you will never be exempted from tests and tribulations in life. The Bible says in verse one, Matthew chapter four, that Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And let me just say in the form of a summary, if Jesus was not exempted from being tested and tried by the devil from being tempted by the devil then guess what you and I must be prepared for you and I no matter how spiritual we are no matter what position we hold no matter how long we've been walking with Jesus we need to be prepared to be tempted by the devil now listen to me carefully the temptation may change depending on your age, your experience, and your maturity. And one of the things that I've learned in life is never, ever criticize somebody for falling prey to their temptation because the devil has a temptation for you. Listen to me carefully. There's some things that just don't tempt me because I have no desire for them. You can't tempt me with a Rolls Royce. I don't want one. You can't tempt me with a Maybach. Somebody can come up and say, man, I got this Maybach. Man, I got a great deal for you. You ain't got to worry about me buying no Maybach. It's not happening. Even if I had the money, don't want it. That's not a temptation. But now there are some things the devil can bring that might tempt me. I'm not going to tell you what they are, but they might tempt me. Because it's none of your business. Guess what? The devil makes temptations for each one of us. So what doesn't tempt you may tempt somebody else and what tempts somebody else may not tempt you. But each one of us has a place of weakness, not wickedness, weakness where the devil can tempt us. Second thing I shared with you, number two, is that you need to remember God loves you. When you go through life's journeys, trials, tribulations, tests, and temptations, you better remember that God loves you before he got to verse one of chapter four. At the end of chapter three, verses 16 through 17, the Bible says Jesus had been baptized, came up immediately from the water. The heavens were open to him, the spirit of God descending like a dove alighting upon him and a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. See, temptation doesn't mean that God is mad at us. Temptation just means that we are in the place to be tested. And remember what I said, that word for temptation Is also translated trial depending on the context within which the word is used. If the devil brings the test, it's a temptation because it's designed to destroy you. But when God brings a test, it's a trial and it's designed to develop you. Right. So the same event can come with two different purposes depending on who brings it your way. And so today I want to share with you as we continue part two of how to survive trying times. It's just one thing I want to share with you today and we'll park right here for the rest of our time. If you're going to survive tough times, part two, number one, you must know and obey God's word. You must know and obey God's word. Verse two, Matthew chapter four. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterward, he was hungry. And when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Verse five, then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. He will give his angels charge concerning you and in their hands, they will bear you up. Lest you dash your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God Now, listen carefully. I want you to go back, if you will, to verse 3. I want you to circle the word if. It says, if you are the son of God. Go down to verse 6. I want you to circle if you are the son of God. Everybody with me? Now, watch what happens. First and foremost... The scripture teaches us that Jesus is a man acquainted with our griefs and sorrows. Look at Isaiah chapter 53 verses 3 through 4. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. One of the reasons that this prophecy could come true is seen in Matthew chapter 4. It's in Matthew chapter 4 that Jesus comes face to face with his man's side in a greater way than he has ever come in contact with it up to this point. He is going to go to the next level when he gets to Calvary to the cross. But when he gets here, his humanity is tested in a way that it has never been tested before. He is acquainted with grief and sorrow because the temptations that he went through, listen to me carefully, cover every category that every temptation comes to us in life. Every temptation in life, if you look at 1 John chapter 2, every temptation in life falls into one of three categories. Look at verses 15 through 17. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. The devil comes and he hits Jesus in three areas the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Every temptation you face falls into one of those three categories the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. And the pride of life. And sometimes they come in combination. Let me give you an example. When you are tempted to buy. What you really can't afford to buy. But when you look at it. Your eyes say. Ooh. And then you start thinking about all the oohs and ahs you're going to get. When you get it and carry it around. And other people see it. Now, you're going to be broke. You're going to be struggling. You're going to be an involuntary vegetarian because you can't afford meat. But the lust of the eyes, I got to have it. And the pride of life, what people are going to think about when I get it, drives you to get what you really can't afford to have. Every temptation falls into one of those three categories. And here's what the devil will do. He will tailor make temptations just for you. See, I told you earlier, don't look at somebody who falls into their temptation and start criticizing and casting stones just because their temptation doesn't fit you. The devil tailor makes temptations. He knows what you like. He knows what you love. He knows the size. He knows the shape. He knows the smell. He knows everything. And you can be tempted and the person next to you can look at you and I'm like, he lost your mind. That ain't nothing. It, it, that temptation was not made for them. That temptation was made for you. So here's what the devil does. He comes to Jesus and he tempts him in three areas. Now, watch what the text says. It is written. Jesus' response. Devil says, if you are the son of God, which means what? One of the quickest ways to fall prey to temptation is to not know who you are. If you don't know who you are in Jesus, if you don't know who you are in the Lord, if, listen carefully, you get your value and worth from your net worth. If you get your value and self-worth from stuff, you will easily fall prey to temptation. But when you know who you are in God and you find your security in Jesus Christ, preach Cofield, Once you understand that, you can withstand temptations that come your way he says command these stones to be become bread jesus has been fasting 40 days and 40 nights which means what he hasn't eaten which means what he's hungry hunger is a biological function of his humanity. So he has a legitimate need. Everybody say legitimate need. Now the question is, how is he going to meet this legitimate need? No question, he's hungry. Can I tell you what the devil will do? The devil, when he tempts you, he doesn't tempt you with what you don't want and he doesn't tempt you with what you don't need. Here's the problem for many of us. We are driven by what we want and what we need, not by what God says we should have. Jesus says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now, here's where many of us would get off track the devil says you hungry turn these stones to bread here's how most Christian folk would respond well if the Lord didn't want me to eat he wouldn't have given me this power to make bread or well the Lord made me to be hungry so the Lord must want me to eat charge it to my head not to my heart, right? We got all kinds of justifications and we would sit there and say, well, you know, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. But God knows my heart. He knows I'm hungry, so let's eat. Jesus says, no, it's not enough to know the word. You got to obey the word. See, for most of us, we have been taught over and over again the importance of knowing the word. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Right? Scripture memorization, Bible bowls, B-Y-P-U, we were drilled and you had to memorize the books of the Bible. Man, we've been taught to know the word. That's why... All of us in here know more than we live. See, the problem with you living the way God wants you to live is not how much words you know. You already know more than you live. That's the challenge of life. It's not what we know, it's living what we already, if everybody in here would live what they already know, you would probably go up as a Christian percentage-wise at least 50 to 75%. You be a better Christian if you just live what you already know. So watch what the devil says. I love the devil. I love the devil. I love the devil because the devil does not quit y'all. Watch what he says. Then Jesus, the devil, verse five, then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written The devil said, I know scripture. Did y'all think the devil hasn't read the Bible? The devil reads the Bible and can I tell you something else? The devil preaches. No, the devil does preach. Here's what I've learned. When the devil preaches the Bible, when the devil teaches the Bible, when the devil comes With what he says is the word of God, what you have to be careful of is him misquoting content or taking it out of context. When he went to Eve in the garden in the form of a serpent, he took the words of God and twisted the word of God and took it out of its context so that inevitably Eve would misconduct. Listen, whenever content is misquoted or taken out of context, the devil will use it to justify improper conduct. You always have to make sure the word of God is in context. He says, for it is written. He quotes Psalm 91 verses 11 and 12. Psalm 91 verses 11 and 12. That's what he quotes. Jesus responds and says to him, it is written again. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. See, it's not that the angels won't bear you up lest you dash your foot against the stone. But Jesus said, you're not supposed to jump. Jesus says, if you fall, if you fall, Through no means of your own, the angels will bear you up and keep you from dashing your foot against a stone. But that doesn't cover you jumping and testing God. Every time the devil comes, Jesus says, for it is written. Look at verse nine. He said, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Takes them up on a high mountain. Shows them all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. He says, man, if you worship me, I'll give you everything on the planet. Everything in the world. And Jesus says to him again, it is written, away with you. You shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Three times in seven verses, Jesus says it is written. Now, listen to me carefully. If the word of God is that important to Jesus, who according to John 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He is the logos. He is the living embodiment of the word of God. If the word of God was that important to Jesus, when will it become important to you? Now, I know what some of you are saying. You're saying it's important to me. Listen, I'm not picking on anybody. But here's what I know. There are many of you, for the first time in your life, you read something spiritual five days a week when you were enrooted. Some of y'all still didn't make it all five days, but you tried. Right? But that was the first time you really started reading. That's the first time you used to read in the Bible five days a week. Now, you read your horoscope every morning. You read the newspaper every morning. Without fail, you have no problem ingesting the negativity that is coming from a slanted and perverted perspective. You have no problem every morning watching the news and ingesting negativity. But you won't pick up the word. You won't pick up the daily bread. You won't pick up a daily devotional Bible. You won't get one online. You won't. You won't use your online uh, uh, app, your, your your phone app, with the Bible. You no, no. You won't do that every day. God says, "You got to an know the word, and then you got to do the word." Because here's what. Here's what we do. When we live based on feelings, right? When we live based on what we want and not what God says, we make the mistake, listen carefully, of trying to meet legitimate needs in an illegitimate way. Okay, some of y'all looking at me strange. Let me put a cord in the meter and park there for a second. Jesus says, Man shall not live by bread alone. The devil says, I know you're hungry. You've been fasting 40 days, 40 nights. I know you're hungry. Turn the stones into bread. Jesus says, my hunger is legitimate. But that does not excuse me to try to meet my legitimate need in an illegitimate way. I have a need for passion. But that does not excuse me to meet a legitimate need that I perceive and then justify meeting it in an illegitimate way. See, most of us, we know people, as a matter of fact, you just know the person looking in the mirror at you who always has feelings. But feelings don't legitimize illegitimacy. Jesus says you must always obey the word regardless of your feelings or your experiences. Uh, Years ago, there were a number of small plane crashes uh, and the transportation a federal transportation group that's over airplanes and flying. They were trying to figure out why all these small planes were crashing so much. And they would typically blame it on weather. And they would say it was a weather-related crash. But what they discovered was that there was no malfunction in the equipment. The crashes were caused by the pilot. Uh, They're seeing this now in helicopter crashes as well. When it's overcast or it's cloudy, here's what's happening. Pilots are experiencing vertigo. And so when they are experiencing vertigo and they are flying, they get disoriented and they feel like they're going up when they're really going down. Now, here's what they discovered. The instrument panel is telling them they're going down. But they think there's a malfunction in the instrument panel. And so they go on their feelings rather than the instrument panel. The instrument panel is telling them they're going down, but they feel like they're going up. So, what they end up doing is they try to counter what the instrument panel is telling them. So, they literally will pull up when they are really going down, but they feel like they're going down and they're trying to go up and they end up crashing because they can't see in the clouds, they can't see in the storm clearly, and they're disoriented. Somebody ought to hear me today. Because here's what happens with us in life. The Bible is the instrument panel. And it's telling us we're going down. Come on, anybody here, you know anybody that's going down? You can see them going down, but they don't believe they're going down. They think they're going up. They think they're going up because of how they feel and they're trying to justify their legitimate feelings in an illegitimate way. They're justifying their sinful behavior because of their legitimate feelings that they're trying to meet in an illegitimate way. They think they're going up. They're really going down. You can see them crashing from the side. You tell them they're crashing, but they don't think they're crashing. They think they're going up. because they're not willing to look at the instrument panel instead of their feelings. Anybody in here, know feelings will get you in trouble. Anybody? I mean, feel man, feelings will move you so far away from God. I, y'all I'm going to confess. I'm going to confess. So I got a phone call the other day and, uh, I was in the middle of physical therapy. I just happened to have my phone close to me and it rang. And so I hit the button, you know, busy, tied up, call you later. And then I looked at who called me. And no, I have no intention of calling them back. None. Y'all, I'm, try- I'm trying to confess to y'all now. Y'all, don't judge me. Don't judge me. Listen, this is a person that has done me wrong privately, and publicly. This is a person who worked to embarrass me, worked to discredit me, and disgrace me in this city. I have nothing to say to them. My wife was driving me. Uh, we're going to the doctor. Uh, uh, no, we're going to, actually, we're going to visit Sister Santino, And I had to confess. I said, man, I said, I got this phone call. I said, I need you to pray for me. She said, why? She said, because I have no intention of calling this person back. And she said, well, what's wrong? So I told her. And, the, you know, she gave me that look that was like, I know how you feel, but, you know, that, that, I don't know if that's God. And my response was digging tips. I don't, I don't care if it's God or not. I, ain't, <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about God at that moment. I, no, I told her. I said, if he was on fire on the side of the road, I keep on driving. I ain't even stopping. She said, oh, baby, don't say that. You know you would stop. I looked at her and said, hmm. <laughs> There's a side of me I don't even like, y'all. No, no. Man, I, ain't fooling. I ain't fooling with that brother. Look, I ain't setting him on fire. I'm just saying. I might not put him out. That's all I'm saying. I'm going to mind my business, right? Now, y'all listen. Y'all listen to what I'm saying. I know that I was in my feelings. I ain't prayed enough yet to get out of my feelings. Y'all pray for me, but I'm not going to say that's God. I'm acknowledging I'm all up in my flesh. Man, I got to work on that thing. I still ain't called them back. I got to work on it. I'm not sure I'm gonna call him back. I don't know. I, but I got to pray through it. I got to work through it because I'm sitting there saying, "What do you want? What do you want to talk to me about?" He may want to apologize. Send me a letter. Text me. You got my number. Y'all, I'm trying to be real with y'all. Y'all <laughs> see, y'all saved. That's what it is. y'all are. Y'all super spiritual. I'm just, i just trying to. I'm just a black man trying to live this thing called the Christian life. Cause I know how legitimate my feelings are. And I was look, I was getting upset just telling my wife what happened. And it's like 10 years ago. Oh no, no, no. This is old. It's it's old and good. It's fermented. It's it's no, this is it's some good pain. This ain't no this ain't no new pain. This some good pain. This done, this thing done fermented, it done, you know, turned over. Cause, yeah, lingered. You know what I mean? Some of y'all, yeah. but I can't justify trying to address my legitimate need or my legitimate pain in an illegitimate way. God wants you and God wants me. When we look at our lives to recognize that it's not enough for us to know the word. We have to obey it. We we have to obey it. Listen to me. We've got to obey the word and how we love God vertically. We've got to obey the word and how we interact with each other horizontally. We've got to obey the word in our prayer life, we've got to obey the word in our studying the scripture. We've got to obey the word in our giving of our time, our talent, our, our temple, our treasure, our temp testimony. We've got to obey God because it's not enough to know it. We've got to be willing to live it. Look at Ephesians six seventeen, And take the helmet of salvation. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Second Timothy three verses 16 to 17, the new King James translation. Let's read it together. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The word of God is profitable, profitable for doctrine. That's to teach you what's right. The word of God is profitable for reproof. That's to teach you what's not right. The word of God is profitable for correction. That's to teach you how to get right. And the word of God is profitable for instruction in righteousness. That's to teach you how to stay right. Everything you need for right living is in the word. But we can't just know it. Because to know it and not do it, the Bible calls that what? Sin. It's called the sin of omission. When you know what you're supposed to do. And y'all, I'm convicting myself right now. When you know what you're supposed to do. And don't do it. It's sin. When you know it, God says, I expect you to live it. Father, we thank you and bless you for today. My prayer is, God, that as we look at your journey through this wilderness experience, that you would help us to see ourselves as we go through our own wilderness experiences, as we go through our own tests and our own trials. Even for me, yes, uh, the other day, God, I I recognize even sitting here preaching and teaching that it was a test, not a test whether I would answer or not, but really a test in terms of my response. And so, God, I ask you now to forgive me uh, because my response, my feelings betrayed me. They were not in alignment with your word, they were not in alignment with my walk with you. Uh, they were not articulated, or even felt in a way that would allow me to please you. So I ask for your forgiveness, God. And I pray for those under the sound of my voice. God, bring to our remembrance those things that we know that we need to live. And those things we don't know help us to learn those truths so that we may live those truths. So that our lives will be pleasing in your sight. God, we thank you because we know that temptations that come to us, tests and trials that come to us are tailor-made. But we know that you have never left us and you will never forsake us. And so God, keep us as we keep our hands in your hand. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All of God's people say amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise if you have been blessed today. Everybody who can, everybody who will, if you stand on your feet wherever you are. As a song of invitation is sung, um, I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to the Lord. For those of you who are watching via the World Wide Web, wherever you are, whatever hemisphere you're in, whatever continent you're on, whatever country you're in, I want you to know that the same Jesus, the same Jesus who shed his blood on Calvary, that blood has never lost its power. And if you would accept him today as Savior and Lord, he will save you where you are. The wonderful thing about our God is he loves you where you are but he doesn't want to leave you there. He wants to take you from where you are and make something beautiful out of your life if you will let him. So if you're here today in the sanctuary, we invite you to come. There are men and women who are coming up front now who would love to show you privately how to ask the Lord into your life. If you're watching, there's a QR code that is coming up on the screen with quick links You can use those in the sanctuary as well. If you want to know how to accept Jesus Christ, there's a video there. I will walk you through the prayer of salvation, how to ask Jesus Christ into your life. If you want to join and unite with our church, man, we're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. We're just a people, an imperfect people trying to serve a perfect God and trying to become the best that we can be. Wherever you are, God loves you and will meet you where you are to help you get where he wants you to be. As we sing a song of invitation, we invite you to come. Come online, come in person, but make that decision and come. Come on, I'll say yes. I'll say yes, Lord, yes. To your will and to your way. I'll say yes, Lord, yes. I, I will trust, trust you, you and obey When your spirit speaks to me With my whole heart I'll agree And my answer, answer will be, be yes. Yes. Oh, yes Come on everybody, I'll say I'll say yes, Lord, oh, yes. yes To will and to your, your way. way Oh, I'll, I'll say yes, yes. Lord, yes, I will trust trust you you and obey. When When your your spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart I'll I'll agree. And my answer will be yes. yes, Father, as we worship you in giving, we pray that our gifts would accurately reflect our love for you. For you said where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. So help us to worship you in a way. That brings glory and honor to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Let all of God's people say, Amen.